Welcome to the Dominant Real Estate Agent Podcast. Today, I'm going to actually do a throwback interview with my good buddy, Mr. Frank Kern. I've always said when I got into real estate, I didn't realize I was going to need to become a marketer. And uh, it's not the best agents with the most clients. It's the best marketer that has the most clients. And so what I wanted to do was take you back. I pulled it out of the vault. I interviewed Mr. Frank Kern back in 2015. And I want to share that interview with you guys today. But before I do, if you want to become the best marketer, if you want to grow your business, if you want to know what's working right now, make sure you go to listingclass.com. There's a short video there that's going to share with you how you can actually build a business by creating content with social media and having funnels and calls to action that build your personal brand over time, but allow you to monetize it and really gives you an unfair advantage to literally be everywhere your clients are almost overnight. I call it the wild, wild west method because it's what's working really, really good right now. But without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Mr. Frank Kern himself. So uh, Frank, uh, your accomplishments have had such an amazing impact on bringing so much value to so many people and um, so many different industries. And it appears to me, you know, from spending time with you today that you're you're truly living what I would consider the perfect day. Um, What did you do before this? Or should I say, you know, how did your journey begin? I was a door-to-door credit card machine salesman. uh, And that was my last job after a string of spectacularly mundane dead-end jobs for and that was really all I was qualified to do so I um, barely finished high school I kind of was given my diploma by a very nice and uh, compassionate algebra teacher she changed my failing grade to a passing grade so I graduated high school that way out of the kindness of others and then I went to college for the least amount of time you can possibly go prior to academic dismissal and um then I started getting jobs, you know, so I was a pizza cook, uh, delivery guy. I worked in a Greek place. I can still make a pretty good gyro sandwich. I worked in roofing and I worked on car lots and, um, I had one job where my job was to take giant pieces of military scrap machinery and smash it with a sledgehammer and remove copper wiring from it and place the copper wiring in one bin and aluminum or what I thought to be aluminum in another bin, although I really couldn't tell the difference. So I just put stuff in a bin and um, was a door-to-door credit card machine sale. It was the last thing I had and it was all right job as far as jobs go, but I was getting rejected constantly. Like, cause I would just make cold calls and show up at the business and say hello. And you know, will you please buy stuff for me? And strangely enough, that didn't work very well. So I got sort of interested in seeing if there could be a way I could, make a sales presentation without having to be in front of anybody um, or at the very least make a sales presentation to someone who's predisposed to want to buy from me. And that kind of got me on the journey of uh, studying marketing and direct response. So a lot of the people and, and they don't, they don't really know what that means. Direct response. Um, I, I definitely know that that's probably one of the most effective ways to market a business. W- what is direct response marketing it's really like the opposite of what you're used to. So traditional advertising, or uh, I call it image advertising, the message in that is basically we exist is number one message, you know, and then if they want to really get fancy, it's we exist by our stuff. So, you know, you can almost r- ramble 
traditional advertising messages off the top of your head, you know, best selection, lowest prices. That's usually applied to like every industry. So everybody says that. So it's a platitude or serving middle Georgia since 1952, you know, like nobody cares. Right. So a direct response message calls for the reader to make a response as a direct result of reading or seeing or watching the ad. So for 50% off call 1-800, get a discount before Friday the 17th. So that is telling them to directly do something. For a free report, seven ways to get 50% more on your home price when you're selling in the next 30 days, call you know XYZ for a 24-hour free recorded message. That's telling them to do something. So in direct response, you know what's happening. You can measure the effectiveness of the ad, and you can measure how much money it produces. And it's really like having a salesperson that works for you doing your bidding, whether it's getting people to raise their hand and say, let me buy from you, or getting people in your industry to say, hey, I'd like to make a listing appointment with you, or getting someone to raise their hand and say, I'm looking for a house I want to buy in the next 30 days, and I'm pre-qualified, please help me. That's the function of what direct response really does. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that is awesome about working um, and, and learning from you is is you always appear to be having a lot of fun. Um, and, and I can imagine going from a credit card sales guide to actually learning direct response marketing. You sought off just to kind of finish the story, did, did what you, you know, on your search to learn it, um, to solve that immediate problem that you had in the credit card business. I'm just curious, did it work? It did, but it was a horrible. So it was very, very hard, you know? So I went and, um, so I'm, I'm like going door to door, I'm selling credit card machines. I was living in Macon, Georgia, which is where I'm from. And it was hot, and I was very young. I was in my 20s, and I looked even younger. And to compensate for that, I wore a black suit. And it didn't dawn on me that you could buy a lightweight suit. So I wore a black wool suit in the summer of Macon, Georgia, outside driving a black car, um, walking around, going door to door. So, I, you know, imagine I would show up sweaty in a black suit, looking like death, trying to get their money. It didn't work. So I'm online in my office, and... Um, I don't remember what I was looking for, but I saw a banner ad. And the banner said something like, here's how I made $100,000 selling stuff on the Internet. And this is in 2000, no, it was 1999. And um, I clicked on it, and it was a long-form, you know, 9 million-page sales letter written by a guy named Corey Rudel, who had been very successful selling uh, car parts for Porsche enthusiasts and other type of car lovers online. And then he grew another business about cars and stuff and he had been on Maury Povich and all that stuff's in the letter and I'm like, man, I gotta have this, you know. So I buy the guy's course, it's two hundred and ninety seven dollars and I did not have two hundred and ninety seven dollars. So my partner in the credit card business who went door to door with me, he and I split the money and we buy the course. And it was a pretty good course, and it had uh, all kinds of very, very good information. And then on like the bottom of page seventy three or something it said, oh, and by the way, hypothetically speaking, you could also send spam messages, and that might work too. That was the only thing I paid attention to. I was like, oh, okay, well, this sounds a lot better than actually learning a craft, you know. So I'll send, um, I'll become a spammer. So I did, and this is in 1999, so it's before canned spam. It, it was, no one liked it, but it wasn't illegal, you know. So I do that, and that was horrible, and it was very, very difficult, and um but I keep studying direct response. And the way I actually got into actually learning marketing was I learned that you could buy reprint rights 
of old direct mail courses, like direct mail boot camp was one, and there were others that I have long since forgotten, but these were cassette tape courses. So for like five grand or something, I could get the rights to reprint all of these seminar recordings and classes and sell them as my own. I, I wouldn't say I was the author, but I would keep all the money except for whatever it costs to make them. So I started doing that. And um, in doing that, I listened to the tapes I was selling. And I was like, holy crap, this is brilliant. You know, it was guys like Bill Myers and Gary Halbert, you know, and Carl Galetti and all of these people who are from the direct mail industry. And that's, that's how I started to learn how to really write advertising and write copy. And, um, that really kind of made it start to happen, but still, I've never really got good at it until probably three years later. It took about three years of trial and error, and I had my first real significant success selling dog training materials, how to train your dog, and I wrote the letter for it using everything I'd learned from all those old courses and studying guys like Dan Kennedy, and really just, I was one of those dudes that bought everything, you know? I mean, my family was like, "This Frank, you're spending thousands of dollars on these totally obscure, bizarre tape sets, you know, that you're driving around in your car, listening to these tapes, and you're writing these nine million page letters about dogs, and you've clearly lost your mind, you know, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, you know, miraculously, it, it actually worked, and people, you know, I would put little ads up on the internet and said, hey, warning, don't train your Labrador until you read these, this shocking report, and they would go, and it would, you know, I had this letter about, hey, you know, here's the proper way to train your dog, and if you buy this course, you're really going to be happy. It was a $47 course. And long story short, it, it actually worked. And I just started building on the success of it. You know, So on day one, I might have made $47, and I would reinvest that $47 into advertising. And then day two, it was like 100 bucks, And it got up to where you know, some days I did like $5,000 in sales in that little business. And um, it got up to about hundred grand a month doing that, just building on the success of one single message, which was here's how to train your dog. And buy this course from me, you know, which was literally me speaking into a microphone on my computer, exactly like we're doing it right now. And, um, that was really what I cut my teeth on. So, and, and just as an advocate for the listener, did you know a lot about dogs? Yeah, believe it or not, I actually did. Um, because I went to Barnes and Noble before I made the course and I bought and read like five books on dog training. So I knew a lot more than the person who hadn't bought the five books on dog training and was just looking to do basic stuff. And I also, one of my many dead end jobs was I was the dude who installed invisible fencing. So you ever heard of invisible fencing? Yeah. Yeah. So I worked for them. Uh, invisible fencing of, uh, where was it? The coastal empire was the company's name, which I always, when people said, Frank, what do you do? I said, well, I, uh, I work for invisible fencing of the coastal empire because it sounded good, you know, but really I was a technician. I would bury this damn wire in people's yards that would keep their dog in the yard. And part of my job was after I'd buried the wire, I would have to train the dog. So I had literally trained probably three or 400 dogs, you know, to like stay in the yard and watch out for these flags and everything. Then I, I actually did. No, no, I wasn't a professional by any means. I said that in my ads. That actually was one of the things that made the ad work. I said, listen, you know, I'm not a professional dog trainer. And quite frankly, you should be glad because all they want to do is get you to spend a couple hundred dollars a week coming to these dang classes. And in reality, here's what your dog needs. And uh, it worked pretty good. You know, they liked the course and they liked the letter and, it's a pretty good little product. So, so as a, as as someone who I consider is, and this is probably irrefutable, one of the most the most respected response marketing consultants. Um, you know, what do you prefer? Do you do you have a preference versus 
online versus offline? Because as a real estate agent listening to this, you know, right now a lot of new agents getting into the business, they a lot of these things are done for them. They get leads, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but do you have a preference if you were getting into the real estate business or any niche? Do you have a preference when you when you go try to acquire a new customer for a client? It depends. You know, I think one of the things about real estate is um, it's if you're going offline, it's pretty easy to get in front of the perfect person. Like you guys have some incredible technology and ability to generate a list of people whose homes uh, are just expired with listing and you know how to generate a list of FISBOs. And the real answer, I don't mean it to be a cop-out, but the real answer is I would do both. You know, I would definitely mail those people a letter and say, you know, hey, I, I noticed that you're trying to sell your house. I've created this report for you. It's called Seven Things to Do to Raise the Home Value and Get More Money for Your House. And I'd be happy to send it to you. You know, if you would like, go to this website and request it and it'll be right on its way and this uh, now you're going hybrid you know what i mean you're going offline to online and now you've gone offline to generate a lead online and now you follow up with those guys repeatedly with using automation for nothing so i like that and then also i think that online is smart if done properly um i don't think it's smart to go online and say i exist give me money but i do think it's smart to go online and target a certain demographic. Um, I mean, conceivably, you could buy a list of FISBOs and get their phone numbers, upload those phone numbers into Facebook as a custom audience, and then they see your ad. And then the ad could very well say, you know, uh, home not selling? Free report reveals seven ways to sell your house faster uh, without spending a bunch of money. And now they opt in, and now you know, boom, I got a FISBO. He's requested information from me. He's clearly interested in selling his home, and he now knows who I am because he asked for my stuff. So I can follow up with him and say, hey, are you enjoying your report? You know, if you'd like, I'd be delighted to uh, to come by and give you a, a home value appraisal. appraisal. Uh, you know, take a look at the place, give you some tips on how to sell it faster. And the reason I'm doing that is you might want me to list it. And, hey, if you don't, no problem. It's cool. I'll help you anyway. And that kind of approach, like, really beats just about everything. You know, it's very friendly. It's non-threatening. You're not trying to convince the guy you're amazing. You're just trying to move to the next logical step, which is to get the appointment. Right. Well, one of the things that I found, I found really interesting um, in a conversation we had a little while back was your perception i mean you hearing your story about the dogs and kind of knowing um some of the other things that you've done i mean you have programs that are you know i mean you you have people that pay you a lot of money and you started with people that paid you 47 dollars, right um how do you when you go look at a business and and i think just getting your outside perspective to the answer of this question um might shed some light and, and give our audience a better perspective for their business, how do you determine what a qualified lead is when you're working with somebody? That's a real good question. So for my business personally, you know, I'll tell you how I answer that question. It is, number one, they know who I am, what I do, and how much I cost. And they are coming to me saying, please help me. I'm interested in spending this money with you. So it's, our industries are kind of different because uh, I hear a lot of realtors define a lead as Information indicating that someone might want to sell a house. But to me, that's just like a per- they haven't come to you. They don't know who you are. So it's, it's cold. So for me, a qualified lead is they got to know the score. They know the possible and likely outcome of your business arrangement, whether that's listing the house or, in my case, you know, retaining me for a fee plus royalty stuff. And only then do I consider them a lead. You know? so, um, and there's a way to, like, to do that and present that without making it difficult or running them off. So a lot of people say, oh man, 
you know, you need leads, leads, leads. You need a million leads. And I'm like, well, you need a million. Uh, you know, you need a lot of people in a pool to fish in. But I don't want a million. I don't want to talk to a lot of people. That's crazy. I want to talk to people who are like, oh, yeah, I want this guy to list my house today. That's the only person I want to talk to. You know, I wouldn't want to talk to the guy that's like, well, maybe let me list your house in seven years. You know, or my neighbor said you were friendly. Let me come over and try to make friends with you, and maybe eventually we'll list the house. That's that's crazy. So I prefer to use direct response to systematically tee up appointments with people who want to give me money, or in your case, give me a listing. And that's very easy to do if, if done properly. And the easiest way to do it is total transparency. You know, So a lot of people in every industry like try to hide the fact that it's going to be a listing presentation or try to let them like surprise them with the rates for consulting or whatever. And I think it's the opposite. It's simpler. Say, hey, you know, I'd happily meet with you about, let's say, in your case, I'd, I'd be delighted to come over to your house and take a look at it and, and show you, you know, specifically uh, what to do to make the house sell faster and some simple changes you can make without spending a lot of money that might get you a lot of money for sale. And frankly, the reason I'm doing this is twofold. Number one, I like it. And number two, I'm a realtor. And some of the people I do this for end up asking me to list the house for them. And if you want me to do that for you, we can talk about it. And if not, don't worry. I'm not going to pressure you. It's, this isn't a sales pitch in disguise, you know. Um, and that's it. You know, and it's like pretty simple. But no one really does it. They always try to sell the service before the appointment, and that just screams salesperson and runs them off. So if you understand the logical progression that must be walked through in order for you to get a listing or a sale, then every piece of marketing simply cues up to the next logical step in that progression. That's amazing that you said that because, and again, to you this is everyday knowledge, and I'm literally looking at your board, and there's a process chart for how you facilitate a sale. But, but our industry is a little different. You know, they might get a referral. Mm-hmm. They might have one of these lists of people that have a high probability of selling, which doesn't always translate to they know them. So in, by your definition, they're not a qualified lead. Can you speak to a real estate, just the community in general, and, and kind of explain to them when you look at marketing, what is the difference? What does a campaign look like for you? From Because they don't look at – most people in our space don't look at a marketing campaign. They look at a name and a phone number in their inbox, and they call them. And that person might have just searched for a home or just requested what their home's worth. And from your perspective, when you go in and really help um, small businesses build um, campaigns, what is a campaign, so to speak? Okay. That's funny. Well, the, the wrapper to put on all of this is that opportunity is the child of value. Right, So people think, oh, I'm just going to bombard people and they're going to give me money. And that, that's no. The object of a campaign should be to demonstrate you can help them by actually helping them and then compel them to call you or write you or request you to come and help them some more in exchange for money. That's like the whole mission. you know. So for someone to just get a name and phone number in your inbox and say, let me come list your house, it's not following that formula. So – a campaign is going to have multiple steps. The first one is to get them to raise their hand and indicate interest. And that's usually by giving away some free information, right? So leave your name and email, and I'll send you the stuff, right? Or call this number for a 24-hour toll-free recorded message. Leave your address, and I'll mail you the report. That's fine. It's just, yes, I'm interested in selling my home in the next 30 days. Very old school, very basic. But now what you do after that is where it really becomes a campaign. So most folks, if they do that at all... They might send them something and then like, you know, here's my report. And then, well, I've sent out the reports and no one called me, you know. So 
usually if you send out a hundred reports, you get a hundred. And this guy's actually a lead now, by the way. So uh, the person who calls the hotline or fills out the form on your website specifically requesting information on how to sell their home in the next 30 days, that's the lead. So number one is you got to actually do it that way. Number two is you have to understand human nature. So in the event that we can get someone to actually do just that, and then they get a hundred of these leads, they're like, okay, my problem solved. I got a hundred leads. And then I said, well, how many of them did you talk to? Only one of them called me. Something must clearly be broken. And that's absolutely not true. It's normal for only one of them to call you, right? And direct response, most people say no. The money isn't in the people that immediately say yes. The money is in people or the money is in building a process to systematically follow up with the people who haven't said yes yet to continue to provide value to them to get them to make the next step. So what you want to do is now create a campaign where you give them something valuable on a regular basis. And that valuable thing always leads back to the call to action, which isn't, hey, list your house with me. It's, hey, I'd be happy to come out and help you come up with a specific custom plan just for you to sell your house quickly and for more money than you might have been able to sell it for otherwise. So let's say they opt in for the free report. And then at the end of the free report, is like, hey, I'd love to come help you. And they don't call. Of course they don't call. They don't only wanted a free report. One out of 100 might call. Totally normal. What about the other 99? Well, we're going to follow up with them and send them um, a video series. You know, And you can do that by email, automated, super simple. Any CRM can do it. And video number one might be uh, you know, the seven way, uh, way number one of seven to sell your house quickly. And I don't really know anything about real estate. you know, So that might be um, uh, you know, cut the grass or something. Right? I know that's mundane, but I'm just giving an example. So, you know, make a little video. Here's way number one. Way number one is cut the grass, but don't cut it anyway. You want it to have a diamond pattern because it looks like a baseball stadium. And the, one of the first things they see is what does the yard look like when they drive up. And a good yard is going to want them to go in. And you can't get them to go in if the yard looks crappy. So you want to make the yard look good. And here's seven ways to do it. And by the way, if you'd like me to come out and personally help you look at your house, show you areas that we can make it you know, nicer to sell it faster for more money, I'd be delighted. And then you go right back into that offer. But So now let's say you got two more of them out of your 100. So now, but yeah, there's still 97. Well, part of the campaign is it waits a day or two, then sends them another video. All right, step number two in getting more money for your house is to make your window dressings look good. Believe it or not, you know, studies show, and I'm totally making this up, studies show that good-looking window dressings are critical factor in causing people to take the next step and look further on into the house. And here are five ways to make the window dressings actually look nicer without spending a lot of money. Oh, and by the way, if you'd like me to come to your house, take a look at it, help you come up with a specific plan to sell it quickly for more money, I'd be delighted. And then you once again, go into that little offer to help them. So now say you got two more. Well, okay, now there's 95 of them that still haven't said yes. So you keep on doing that for them. Knowing that you got a hundred people that raise their hands, naturally they're not all going to say come immediately. But if you build a system, you don't have to think about this delivering goodwill and this constantly making that offer to, hey, I'll come out and help you, no problem, I'd be delighted to, and then just get that appointment. Now you got yourself a campaign. That's awesome. And so um, I'm going to ask you this question, but you've kind of already answered it, but, but, but I considered asking it, I, I really considered asking you first. What would you do if you were a real estate agent? Oh, I would do just that, dude. I mean, my gosh. I would, first of all, I would do it all. You know, so you guys have that technology where you can get all the FISBOs and you can get all the expired listings. And I would go after those people like crazy. I would direct mail them a letter offering the free report and or offering, hey, I noticed your house expired. 
um, you know, if you'd like, I'd be delighted to show you seven ways, uh, you know, come over, take a look at it, show you how to sell it a little bit faster. Usually people overlook these seven critical things. I'd be happy to do it. The reason why is I enjoy it. Second reason, you might want me to list it. If you don't, no problem. I'm not going to hassle you, whatever. Just be cool. You'll get some immediately from that type of an offer. The second thing I'd do is I'd send an offer. Hey, you know, I noticed your house expired. I created this report for you that shows you exactly seven things you can do to sell it faster um, and seven things to look for when you're talking to your next realtor. Um, I'd be happy to send it. Call, you know, 1-800-FREE-REPORT for a 24-hour free recorded message. Leave your name and, and address on there, and I'll shoot it right over to you. No problem. I'd do that, and, of course, I'd follow up with those people. I'd also place Internet ads like crazy, dude. I mean, I'd advertise on Facebook PPC with the home value thing we talked about. It's, why wouldn't you, you know? So I would do everything in a blitzkrieg fashion. Yeah. So the, last, the one of my last questions was going to be about Facebook. Um, I, you know, just over the last when – I, when I've been – Learning, studying some of your material, I've noticed a lot of the things that you and Jay do um, that are very similar. And that's like you really start with the some real basic questions at the beginning when you're going into a market, right? You you start by doing the math. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually had the conversation last week about reverse engineering the goal. So just for some of the people that are because of the time of year, um, you know, how do you approach? Hitting your goals when it comes to sales and marketing, when it comes to reverse engineering, knowing to you this is probably something that you've done um, every year, but some of these people have never done that before. And and how does that help give you clarity or um, it gives certainty um, in, in addition to clarity? The first thing I do is I'll set the monetary goal. You know, let's say it's a million dollars, and then. Uh, from that point, I'll say, okay, what is the lowest hanging fruit in that million dollars? So, from a real estate point of view, there's likely a sweet spot in home pricing that moves faster and with greater frequency than any other. And then you can look within that sweet spot, and you might even see a certain geographical area or neighborhood within your community. So, it is the sweet spot within the sweet spot. I would immediately focus most of my efforts on there. So, if I know that houses between 250 and 350 are selling the most, and those houses happen to be in North County, for example, obviously I'm going to build a marketing system to get listings in North County specifically because it is the fastest and most greatest frequency sales transaction area in the in the region, and um, I'm going to go with the price point that is also within that. So I got double whammy, double low hanging fruit. So that's the first thing I would do. And then I would start going out in concentric circles from that point. Okay, now what's the next lowest hanging fruit? And I'd go after that. All right, what's the next lowest hanging fruit? So it would be laser targeted on the situations most likely to get me to that goal the fastest. You know? Absolutely. That's, that's really like, that's it. That's, that's, how you, that. that's how you start reverse engineer monetary mm-hmm. goal, identify the, the all the different ways that you can get there. And then focus only... Literally exclusively focus on the 20% that provides 80% of the revenue. You know, so I wouldn't be putting myself on bus stops that, you know, hey, hey, that's a dumb ad strategy anyway. Just, you know, we always see the realtor ads on the bus stops and someone draws like a a wiener on it or something. That's like the dumbest thing ever. So I would just go, all right, well, if 80% of the revenue is being generated in this tiny pocket of the marketplace, I'm going to focus all my efforts there or twenty percent is generating this eighty. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I would focus all of my efforts there, and I would do hardcore direct response there. And I really probably wouldn't do a whole lot other than that. So I like to keep it very, very simple. You know, so it's like in, in your business, it'd be like get listings 
in the houses with the price points that are selling the fastest and with the greatest frequency, in the neighborhoods that are selling the fastest with the greatest frequency, the end. I wouldn't go anywhere else. You know, I'd go where the fish are biting the most now. That's it. Well, with that being said, we really do appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, that's a, a lot of a lot of the things that can be learned in, in, from today's interview is is that you don't have to make it complicated. I think when I watched the uh, the state of the internet address that you did a few years ago, um, you you kind of addressed that just for online marketers in general. And by default, whether you agree or disagree. If you have a business and you're generating leads online, you're at some degree an online marketer. And the top real estate agents, they're online marketers. They're just marketing for homeowners mm-hmm. um, by by using um, homes as the as the service. So, um, you know, we we really do appreciate you taking the time to to kind of share your your wisdom. And I think just over the last couple of days, you know, the at a basic level. Some of the things that work best for me, I, I don't do anymore. <laughs> yes, you know, there's, I mean, this is the dumbest thing. It's like, hey, go back and look at what made you the most money over the past three years and then do a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, do you, ever, do you ever stop doing things that work? Oh, that's only every time. Yeah. You yeah. know, because you get bored. And you're like, oh, that worked great. Let's do something else. So like, it's, what are you, what, that's crazy. But so everybody does it. I mean, we're like squirrels. Like, oh, boy. Shiny thing, new tool, yeah, you know, new seller tool. I mean, you know, the software tools are important. It's like don't stop doing what worked. Just layer on other stuff if you want to. Absolutely, yeah. Well, we really appreciate you. Um, I know your time is very valuable, and the time that you spent with us, we really uh, were glad that you were willing to to commit to this interview. Uh, really kicking off the year for us, and um, really look forward to working with you in the future and bringing value to our community. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, You all have good luck and sell lots of houses and enjoy yourself. Thank you.